0: often black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness but not in this space on this podcast the dialogue is always centered around women like you welcome to the podcast but more importantly welcome to the tribe be well sis in what ways do you regularly care for yourself hello hello and welcome back to the be well sis podcast i am your host cassandra dunbar how has life been treating you, but more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? You know, we're halfway through the year, so I have a few questions for you, as well as a few updates. But before we do that, let's address the elephant in the room. If you are a regular listener slash member of the tribe, you're probably wondering, like, girl, where have you been? Um, I've only uploaded one episode in May, and I truly apologize for that. So let me tell you a little bit about why I haven't uploaded and and where I've been. (laughs) Um, So if you are not following along on social media, over on Instagram at BeWellSys underscore podcast, or if you are not part of the newsletter tribe, you have been missing some crucial information. So back in the beginning of the year, I told myself that I was going to apply for every grant that I even remotely qualified for. So whenever a grant came around, um, I applied for it. So after filling out tons of applications, I won a grant. We won a grant. This grant is powered by Caress and Women. I found out that I had, um, been a recipient of the grant, I think back in either March or April. And part of this grant is that we are part of Accelerator. So the Accelerator um, takes um, women of color own, um, owned businesses and prepares them to crowdfund. So for the past like three months, I have been meeting with Caress and the team at iPhone Women um, almost at least once a week, and we've had assignments to like help us pitch and to formulate our crowdfunding um, situation, our crowdfunding campaign. And so that is what I have been working on, and it's been taxing on top of other things, right? So I have been interviewing folks. I um have interviews ready to go, I have episodes ready to go. Um it's a matter of editing them and and getting them ready for you to actually listen to. So let's talk about the crowdfunding. So what is it exactly? So what is crowdfunding? Honestly I had never heard of the term crowdfunding before but in I think we're all familiar with um with fundraising. So crowdfunding is just another word for another way of saying fundraising. You're fundraising for your business Um, by reaching out to your family, your friends, those who are already, um, part of your business, um, whether they are customers or just part of your community and you are raising funds to go to the next level in your, um, in your business. Um, black women and women of color in general, um, we have a hard time, um, raising capital, through traditional means such as business loans, such as uh, venture capital firms. like They just don't see the value in um, black women owned businesses. They they just usually don't get it until like it's too late, right? Um, so this is a way for people to pour into our business in order for us to get to the next step in our business. So I am currently crowdfunding to take Be Well Sis from a podcast um, into a multifaceted like wellness company, um, media company, excuse me, that produces educational content, um, that produces in-person and virtual workshops and events, as well as a membership community that that focuses on um, the experience of the black woman. One of the reasons I started Be Well Sis is because I was looking for wellness spaces that were welcoming. And not only were they welcoming, but that they um, addressed issues that were, that are relevant um, for the current black woman. And I couldn't find that. So what I'm trying to do is I am not trying. I am actively um, building a larger wellness ecosystem where we are seen and not only what where we are seen, but we are um, fed mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and phys- um, physically, in order for us to be well. We all know the stats, right? Um, black women um, fare the worst, have the worst outcomes when it comes to all um, illnesses, and we have the lowest well-being scores and all of those things. But okay, so now what do we do next? I know that we cannot rely on. Um, the systems and the powers that be to make this better for us. It's important that we equip ourselves with the knowledge um, in order to get better, right? And to put ourselves in a better situation. I believe that starts with A, education, and B, community. Community is really, really important to help you get further and It has to be a collective um, mindset, has to be a collective shift and a collective effort in order for us to be well. So I am crowdfunding in order to get the operational um, pieces in order, which includes hiring a member or two um, for, to create a team um, to help me um, produce and execute quality, quality content as well as the main thing that um, this crowdfunding is for is to produce a in-person wellness summit and I have not done this before but I have been looking around to I've been shopping prices of venues and vendors to see how much this thing would cost and it's going to cost a pretty penny so I have a really ambitious crowdfunding goal and I need your support. <laughs> so in order to support, please visit ifunwomen.com slash projects slash B dash well dash sis. I also have the link down below in the show notes. It's an easy click away for you to A, um, get more information about um, the crowdfunding project as well as to see the video i mean I, we made a pitch video which was the most uncomfortable thing for me to do <laughs> but made the pitch video and i would love for you guys to um to see it because at this point i did it so like it's in the out in the world so might as well just just share it right um i realized that video is just not my jam i don't like being in front of the camera I get really awkward I'm just a different person and even when I think not think when I know what I'm going to say like I have it conceptualized in my mind something about the camera knowing that the camera is on just really changes things to me and whatever I had in my mind is out the window but anyway so I suffered and fumbled through that video (laughs) and I I think it came together nice the um the iPhone women team they have a production crew and they um help put the video together and i think they did an amazing amazing job so i'm really really grateful for them for that so that is where i have been i have been working on crowdfunding which has been more work than i thought it would be i, I underestimated how much work and how much time It would take from my day from my week and all of those things so that is one reason why I have been gone I also had the opportunity to do a little bit of traveling I um, had two really dope opportunities in March excuse me in May I um, spoke at a at two conferences the first one was hosted by a wonderful, it's called WITS, which stands for Women in Travel Summit. And I gave a presentation on podcasting. So how to harness the power of podcasting to um, enhance your brand. Uh, The summit itself was mainly made up of travel creators. So people who have YouTube channels, people who are writers, um, all of just different types of travel creators. And, um, so I just spoke to them on how they can use podcasting as an additional leg in their business. And I had a really good time. I, it was my first time speaking about podcasting, um, in a, in a in-person conference. And it was really, really cool. I had a really good time and I learned a lot too, cause I got a chance to visit or not visit, but to listen in and to attend Um, some of the other presentations. And there are just so many brilliant women out there. And it was just such a good time. And it really energized me and helped me to think about some other things that I would like to incorporate into my business as well. And then the other thing that I traveled to in March, excuse me, why do I keep saying March? At the end of May was the um, Black Pod Festival in Atlanta, and that was super dope. Um I am part of the Black Pod Collective and it is a a group of black um podcasters who um it's, yeah, it's like a, a group where we learn things <laughs> about podcasting and we just and throughout the year it was it was my first group that I was ever a part of in terms of um, podcasting. And throughout the past two years, um, I've gotten a chance to know people virtually, right? So the in-person festival was really dope because I got a chance to actually see these people in real life. So I've been talking to these people for so long and having meetups with them on, you know, in the virtual space. But it was nice to actually like see people, hug people and all of those things. It felt like a nice family reunion. And we learned a lot of things too. The sessions were great. The speakers were great. And I actually also spoke at that, um, that one too. I gave a presentation on recognizing and overcoming burnout as a creative entrepreneur. And that conversation turned out really, really well. Um, I had some technical hiccups for whatever reason. No, first I didn't have the connector for my laptop to project onto the screen and then somebody lent me theirs and it still wasn't cooperating. So I didn't memorize my my slides per se, but I made it work and it ended up being a really, really nice conversation. I think somebody said that the fact that the tech wasn't working for me made the conversation so much better and so much more um, real since we were talking about burnout and, um, tech situations and things like that, things not going according to planner are some of the, the things that can contribute to burnout, right? So it was like real life, what to do, what not to do. It was really, really great. Um, I had a really, really good time. It was my first time going to Atlanta in a very long time. Um, Atlanta has changed so much, but everywhere has, I mean, I live in Charlotte and, Charlotte looks so different than when I first moved here almost five years ago. So it's just how every city is growing and expanding and all of those things. So that is where I have been. And then lastly, um, I have been taking time to make sure that all of my checkups are up to date. Um so getting my teeth cleaned, I just scheduled my appointment for just my general physical. I realized that I hadn't had a physical and I think it's been over a year because it said I had my last physical was in April of 2021. So I am getting that together and um, also just have my well woman's checkup so I have all those things coming up. So now I ask you, have you guys, had your checkups for the year. So we're halfway through the year. So have you had your annual checkup or have you scheduled it? If you haven't had it yet, that's fine. But let's make sure that we schedule it this year. Um, Schedule it for at least the second half of this year, right? Um, Have you had your teeth cleaned? At least once this year. If not, no big deal. Let's go ahead and get that scheduled. And I'm not gonna act like you know being insured is um, a guarantee in this country. Um, so I get that is a huge barrier. Um, so if if one thing that I would suggest in terms of teeth cleaning, because oral hygiene and oral health is just as important as the rest of your body, and actually there's a lot of overlap there. Um, I would say that I've noticed a lot of, um, dentists are advertising new client or new patient, um, specials. So they'll do like a comprehensive checkup as well, like including the x-rays as well as a, a teeth cleaning for a fraction of the cost. Now, sometimes it might be for the insured, but I realize that if you call the, um, the dentist's office and ask them if they have specials or if what the prices are for uninsured folk. Um, sometimes the the prices are manageable. Um, so with that said, I highly encourage you to get all of your checkups in order. Um, if insurance is a barrier, reach out and ask. the The worst thing that can happen is they say, no, we don't have anything for uninsured folk, or it's still very expensive, but you, you, you know, right? And the worst, the best thing that could happen is that you actually get what you need at a cost that is, um, that is affordable for you. So yeah, so that is what is going on. If you can hear the congestion in my voice, I apologize. I am fighting for my life with my sinuses right now. Um, but we're gonna try to keep pushing through. So yeah, so those are my updates. So now let's go ahead and get into the second part of the menstrual health series. Last episode, we spoke to Nicole Kane, who is the founder of External Call, and more recently, also the founder of My Happy Flow. She gave us a really comprehensive rundown on hormonal health and its effects on our periods. And today, we are talking to Berion Berry, who is our period bestie, and who is a, is a board-certified integrative health practitioner, menstrual health educator, and the creator of Optimize Your Flow. She believes that you can have a period and a life, one that is enjoyable at that. She believes that a woman who is fully educated, equipped, and empowered with the tools and resources to help her body and its language is truly her own best advocate, and she's on a mission to help you become just that so in our conversation we talked about everything periods of course and she had some really insightful takes on what our food cravings tell us in terms of nutritional deficiencies how to cycle sync and so much more so i had a dope conversation with her i have been following her for so long and finally reached out and she said yes so i'm so happy to have her on the on the show today um we had a great conversation so with that said, let's go ahead and hop into the conversation. Thank you so, so much for joining. I am so, so glad you're here. Be well, sis. Um, so I'm super excited. I have Barry on, no, sorry, Barry on Barry. Yes. On the podcast with us. She is just for me. She's my personal guru of all things, periods. I, I, sad to say, I really did not know much about menstrual cycles. And I said that I bleed every month um, until I started following you on social media. So thank you for your work and thank you for being here.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me and connecting with me. And, you know, I feel like most people don't really know a lot about their menstrual cycles. And it's kind of how I got started was I I was being interviewed one time and all it took was one person, to tell me periods didn't have to be painful for me to be like, that's it. That's what I'm talking about the rest of forever. So I get it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize until like a few years ago that periods didn't have to be painful because m- most of the people that I know, me, myself included, like you, it's the right of passage. Every month it sucks. You're in pain and you just think, well, this is just how things go. So before we hop into all things periods and how to make the best of our flows um how did you end up in this in the space this is like a long-winded story but i'm gonna make it short
1: and sweet because nobody needs all those details but essentially what happened is in 2017 I started my own health coaching business and blog and if we fast forward to 2019 I was being interviewed or actually I was interviewing someone for my podcast and on the podcast she goes yeah periods aren't supposed to be painful I was like excuse me like ma'am you're not gonna speed past that like you didn't just say what you just said and this was like before we even heard that phrase right But in that moment, I realized that there was something that wasn't right with how we were being conditioned to believe or experience our periods. So, you know, I took it upon myself at the time I was a personal trainer and a functional nutritionist to really like research and delve into all things, periods and menstrual cycles. And I started noticing that everybody in this space didn't look like me they didn't sound like me and they didn't really have the same approach whether it was you know um a woman who was not of color let's just say like a white woman and she's like middle-aged and she's like sun moon and stars but then there were a women of color who were talking but they were talking at this level that was so over my head and i'm like can you dumb this down like can you give me anything <laughs> that makes me realize you're still a human like cuz you know sometimes science gets really like overwhelming and so i got in the space by simply interviewing someone and then seeing kind of this need for someone to be your friend someone who can talk to you and teach you something that's not really out of the box but it is out of the box like living in sync with your cycle should not be out of the box. Like we should be listening to our bodies, but it seems weird because we're taught not to. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I got started. And then from there, it's just snowballed and here we are years later. (laughs) And I'm like, Hey, I'm your period bestie. What's up.
0: (laughs) And we're so grateful for you. Thank and we're grateful you, thank for your journey. And that, now that you're here educating us, because I think there's some there's like a level of embarrassment that a lot of us feel because we're like, all right, we're in our 20s. We're in our 30s. We've been having periods for at least a decade now, and we still don't really understand it. So what I like about your approach is that you really make it relatable and there is no like shame around it, like, duh, you should know this. It's just like, okay, so this is what's happening and this is how we get around it. So with that said, the first question I want to ask uh, is what are some habits that we can instill in our lives like day to day to make our periods better, to make the experience better?
1: So this question is one that I love, but also it's one of those questions where I have so much to say. So I'm gonna try to streamline it. So (laughs) the first thing you can do to make your period better, that's um, this answer is a little abstract, is unlearn everything you thought you knew about your period. Mm -hmm. Like the information we've been provided that your menstrual cycle has to be 28 days, your period should have to be like seven days. Um, and all of these things that we thought we knew let's go ahead and start unlearning it and like build in some new information, uh, credible information at that, right? Like the average cycle should actually be 21 to 35 days in length. It doesn't have to be 28 days. So let's like unlearn some things and then learn some new things. And, you know, with those new things, I think the first thing is really nourishing your body properly. So I always tell people, you know, Eat better, not less. But a lot of people don't understand the importance of protein, healthy fat, and fiber. And then, like, you know, if somebody says eat better, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? But more importantly, why do I care? You care because a protein is going to help your cells replenish themselves. It's not about building muscle. Yes, we can do that. Don't get me wrong. But beyond that, right, we want to make sure we're actually restoring our body healthy fat. reason we want to do that is it's going to help us absorb some of those micronutrients, vitamins, and minerals that we actually need, such as magnesium, for instance, right? Or zinc and iron, and then fiber. Like we just got to keep it regular. Like if we're not pooping two to three times a day, like we need to talk, you know, and as simple as that seems, it's the number one thing that changed my period. Wow. I think a lot of people don't realize that you really can eat your way to a better period. That's what I personally did. I was a person who had a heavy flow. I was throwing up. I was cramping. I was bleeding so heavy that like it was coming through my panties. Yeah. You know? And I think that's something a lot of people deal with, but the moment I learned how to utilize food, The moment I learned how to really utilize food as a tool for my menstrual cycle in my own healing is the moment my period began to change. So learning how to nourish your body properly, is going to be that number one thing. The second thing is like making sure you're eating frequently enough. Now, the reason I say that is because one of the main symptoms I hear about is moodiness and then followed by moodiness is like low energy. So, you know, if you're stabilizing your blood sugar levels throughout the day, you're actually going to be way better off. So eating every three to five hours is actually going to be better for your body as opposed to only eating three meals a day and larger meals, right? We want to stabilize those blood sugar levels. So again, better habits for periods are really just simple things, eating better and then, you know, eating frequently. And then I would say the last thing is like Sleeping enough says, most of us are not getting enough rest on a regular basis. (laughs) I see you (laughs) nodding your head. You're like, yeah, but actually getting like deep restorative rest is really going to help. And that just comes back to like helping us down, regulate that nervous system and bring that cortisol and that um, insulin levels actually like lower them where they need to be and like regulate as they need to be regulated. So again, those are simple things, but I mean, if you want me to peel back the layers, we can do that too.
0: I mean those right there are so good cuz a lot of us aren't doing all of those things. I, I as you were talking about like just eating a balanced diet and eating more frequently. My generation is a generation that grew up as children we were dieting, right? So because we were dieting as kids, we really have a distorted view of how to properly feed ourselves, you know. Um so that makes a, a huge difference. I'm thinking about how a lot of us are either doing low-fat diet, no-fat diet, or are going the other extreme, which they're doing keto, right? Um, So having that balance will just really make a huge difference and a huge shift. And then you mentioned, you know, stabilizing our blood sugars throughout the day. Um, A lot of us either do, what is it called? Intermittent fasting and whatnot. So there's so, diet culture is so ingrained in so many of us. Um, that I think if we just start there, like that'll make a, a huge difference, right?
1: Okay. So with that being said, you know, I want to kind of speak into that more, especially because I find that with women of color, women in general have a very distorted relationship with food, but women of color specifically, I think we have a very interesting dynamic, right? Because we're used to being well-fed, right? Like, you know, whether it's the soul food, all those different things, but we just aren't taught the power of our food right for the longest time I mean I'm 28 right so I was taught for a long time that like I have really big legs and I'm like of course like I'm an athlete and I'm really like a small frame person but people growing up made me feel less than I felt like I needed to kind of fit into that more European like Mm -hmm. slender style and now it's popular to have all the curves and all of that Mm -hmm. but again we were taught at an early age like oh don't like this about yourself oh you should be dieting oh, this, oh, that. And, you know, I I think that food really is medicine, you know, and I think it's really important that you know how to utilize food as a tool. It's either going to work for you or against you and how it works for you is entirely up to you. So for me, you know, I still like to eat my collard greens. I still like my mac and cheese, you know, yes. like, Literally just had some greens right before we talked. But I'm also aware of making sure I get my like green juice in or my super smoothies in. And again, I think that we're taught that, like, oh, a super smoothie has to be green in color and it's going to taste like the earth. Yeah, it can taste like the earth, but I'm a big fan of like, you know, really leaning into those fruits to mask all of the roots that I might be consuming. You know, um, I'm also following something that's a little bit more alkaline because as women of color, we're exposed to a lot more acidity than we maybe even realize. So leaning into, you know, a more alkaline based thing at different points throughout the cycle can really be beneficial. And, you know, one of the things I found with my clients specifically is once they start eating in sync with their cycle in doing the bare minimum of like regulating their blood sugar and, you know, getting protein, healthy fat and fiber, they're all of a sudden losing weight left and right. And they're like, what is going on? I am not a weight loss expert. I just want to make sure that you are regulating yourself and your body on a basic level. And then from there, everything else falls into place. So again, you know, food is going to be like the bread and butter. And I always tell people, like, it's the easiest thing, like you have to eat anyway. So just change it, adjust it and move forward.
0: Yeah. So what does it mean to eat in sync with your cycle?
1: I thought you'd never ask. So there are four different phases to the menstrual cycle. And throughout each phase of the cycle, your hormones are doing something different, but your body also needs something different. So one half of your cycle, that first phase of your cycle, when you're on your period, and then the second phase of your cycle post-period, but pre-ovulation, that's considered the estrogen dominant part of your menstrual cycle. And so during this time, what we really want to focus in on is yes, micronutrients and minerals, which you will hear me say time and time again. And it's because I've been obsessed with researching them lately and I find so many like fascinating things, but also supporting your liver. And the reason we want to focus on supporting your liver is because it's going to help with estrogen metabolism and not to get too like, high level with it, but essentially we want to aid our liver in its natural process of detoxification. So our liver has to get rid of those higher levels of hormones or any xenoestrogens or toxins or anything that's coming into our body. Our liver's job is like to detoxify it, right? So we focus in on those dark leafy greens and those micronutrients, so those minerals, those proteins, healthy fats, fibers. And again, I'm being very vague with that because I think maybe let's say you were vegan, your protein source is going to look vastly different than mine as someone who's like, you know, an omnivore. I like my salmon. (laughs) I like my (laughs) chicken and different things like that. But then during the, um, third and fourth phase of your cycle. So the second half of your menstrual cycle, that is not as estrogen dominant It's more progesterone based. So again, we're going to actually focus in on getting more complex carbohydrates and micronutrients. Another thing I like to tell people is once you're done ovulating, there's actually an increase in your resting metabolic rate, meaning your metabolism is a little bit higher. So you might want a few more calories, go ahead and get them calories, like live your life, do what you want to do. Because, you know, again, food is this tool. So if your body is saying, hey, I need more calories, actually give your body those higher levels of calories. And why you want to do this is because menstruation is really energy intensive in the first place. So we want to honor that. We want to respect that and listen to our bodies. I always tell people, stop listening to everybody. I don't care if it's Dr. Oz. I don't care if it's Oprah. I don't care if it's Dr. Jackie. Like stop listening to all of these experts. Your body is your expert. Turn down the outside noise, turn up that internal volume because your body will tell you what it needs and learn the language. Also, let's talk cravings. Can we talk cravings?
0: Absolutely, I was going there. Let's go.
1: Let's get into it. Okay, (laughs) so I love to tell people cravings are the language of the body. It is your body telling you exactly what it needs. Now, more often than not, when you want chocolate, when you're PMSing, it's not the chocolate it's the calcium. It might be the vitamin D better yet. It's the magnesium. So instead of reaching for like a Snickers or like a Butterfinger, like no shade, no tea. Cause I still like a Butterfinger and a Snickers from time to time. Like I still, I remember the time. Okay. Great time, <laughs> but go for like a cacao or like maybe a dark chocolate. Right. Because if you're having cacao, you're actually giving your body all the nutrients, all the vitamins, all the minerals it needs, and then some, and you're supporting other processes of regulation within your body, not just menstruation, right? So understand that that chocolate craving is deeper than that. Um, A sugar craving actually might be your body saying, Hey, I need more calories. I need more energy. So, your body burns sugar first. So, what you might need to do is actually make sure you're getting those complex carbohydrates. We don't want simple carbs. We want complex carbs, right? So, complex carbs. There's a longer um, chain, if you will. I'm trying not to get like too. Oh, (laughs) it's good. It's good.
0: We love science.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. We love science too. (laughs) Um, But, you know, a complex carbohydrate, right? So we are looking for things that are, let's just say our grains, Mm -hmm. you know, our whole grains, things like that, instead of like white bread. Like if you still are using Wonder Bread, we need to talk. Okay you should, not you, not, you should not be eating bread. <laughs> you should not be eating bread that tastes like sugar. I have a question. <laughs> but you know keep in mind complex carbohydrates, those non-starchy vegetables are gonna like your root vegetables or sweet potato, those are complex, right? And then you know, in terms of salt, more often than not, if somebody has a salt craving, there are two things happening. One, you are underhydrated. so everybody right now, take a sip of water if you have it. We need to be hydrated. And then number two, micronutrients and minerals. Now I have said micronutrients and minerals a billion times already. And I'm going to explain why a lot of us are walking around with higher levels of stress and anxiety. They both spike our cortisol levels. Our cortisol depletes the body of micronutrients and minerals right? So given what's happening in society at any given point in time, you actually might have elevated cortisol levels. Well, that means we're getting rid of the micronutrients and minerals, and we need to start replenishing them. Salt is one of those things where sodium specifically can actually help with other things, right? Magnesium is helping with other things, iron, zinc, selenium, on and on and on. So getting those micronutrients and minerals is really going to support you. And again, this goes back to what we're eating, right? What we're consuming, eat the rainbow. They were not kidding when they said, eat the rainbow. Why are they saying that? Well, because we need those vitamin A's. We need our beta carotenes, all of these different things that are just going to help us feel better and have better periods. So what we've covered sugar, we've covered Mm -hmm. salt. What other cravings are people getting?
0: Yeah. Like you said, the chocolate, we did that one. The chocolate. um I'm kind of stuck on the salt because I myself that's my thing I'm like I always want something salty and I'm just dehydrated you right um those are the usuals those are the, the three big ones for for cravings right
1: yeah I mean for me I always lean into like sugar and salt first and foremost mm-hmm. every now and again someone will say they have like a sour craving and I'm just like mm. That's more about your gut microbiome than it is anything Mm. else. Oh, yeah, the gut. Okay. I always tell people sometimes your period health is only going to be as good as your gut health because your gut, your liver plays a key role in estrogen metabolism. And a lot of us are walking around with less than amazing gut health. No shade to anybody who knows that gut health is not on point. Get you a probiotic, okay? Get you some fermented (laughs) foods and we can fix that real quick, you know, but you know, your gut health and your period health kind of go hand in hand. So if you can do a better job of making sure you have those proteins, healthy fat and fiber, if you can diversify that microbiome, which means eating enough different foods, right? That can lead to that better period. Again, most people don't know this because we're not taught it, but yeah, I feel right. like salt and sugar are like the main two cravings I deal. And then occasionally like a wine craving and anybody who says they have a wine craving, you want just like wine and I feel it. I'm here for it. Okay. <laughs> but number two, uh, you might think it's because of the antioxidants that you're needing. Just get more fruits and vegetables, more berries specifically, and you should be good to go.
0: Let's talk about birth control. Um, a lot of us have spent some time on birth control, whether it's because we had painful periods when we were younger or is you know, for birth control purposes. So a lot of us are starting to, you know, know more now and trying to, you know, detox or wean ourselves off. Like, I see you, so you're getting ready, you're stretching, you're ready to jump in. Let's go, let's talk about birth control <laughs> and all the things. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> giving
1: problematic. Yes. Okay, so... What we'll want to do with discussing birth control is first and foremost, let me just say this. If you're on hormonal birth control, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I was once on it, but I also like to tell the truth when I talk about birth control birth control is a band-aid. It is an option, but it's not the only one. So with that being said, I am going to speak very plainly. I say this with love. I'm here to inform you, not to offend you, but if I am offending you first, I'm sorry. Second, dig deeper and find out why you're triggered. Okay. That's what I'm going to say on that because I, I get a lot of feedback about birth control. And you know, as somebody who was on birth control, I can speak to this from personal experience, right? So Hormonal birth control, there's a lot of different ones out there, but it is really a band aid. So, if you are on the pill, for instance, one of the first things you need to know is one, according to the World Health Organization, it is a known carcinogen. Number wow. two, okay, it's preventing the communication between your brain and your ovaries. If you are not ovulating, you are not menstruating. So, you're not having a real period. Number three, If you get on birth control to regulate your period, to alleviate pain or anything of the sorts, just know when you get off birth control, that might come back with a vengeance. Okay. Because that never healed the root issue, right? I'm all about root cause healing root cause work. And a lot of people don't realize this, that birth control is just covering the issue. It's not solving it all together. And that's the problem. So with that being said, you know, if you are on the IUD, the ring, the shot, uh, the implant, there's a lot of different birth control options out there. One thing you need to know is yes, there is still synthetic hormones going into your body. There is a chance you may be ovulating as opposed to being on the pill where you're just straight up not ovulating, but the two things you need to do to support your body on birth control immediately right now you need to get on a prenatal, which I know sounds counterintuitive. I'll explain in a second. And you need to get on a probiotic. And that's because any hormonal birth control you're on is pumping your body with synthetic hormones. So there is something called um, ethanol estradiol, which is a synthetic form of estrogen. It could never do what estrogen does it could right. never like it's right. it's a terrible imitation okay <laughs> and then there is a synthetic form of progesterone called progestin and again it could never and the reason i'm saying it could never is because you know with the birth control they give you this really big packet and they tell you to read all the side effects and more often than not the side effects we're experiencing are weight gain and moodiness and depression and anxiety your natural body, your natural estrogen, your natural progesterone will not have you feeling like that more yeah. often than not, if it's in a balanced state. Right. Yeah. So again, we want to be on a pre uh, prenatal and a probiotic. Why Barry, why would I want to be on a prenatal because hormonal birth control is depleting the body of nine essential nutrients that prenatal is going to replenish it. And then some, which is exactly mm. what we want. So that when you do transition off birth control, you're supported. when it comes to your probiotic, Listen, you're putting synthetic stuff in your body. Uh, For lack of better words, you're putting trash in the body. (laughs) Let's detoxify, okay? Let's aid the liver in its natural detoxification. Again, your period health is only as good as your gut health. When you are putting birth control that's synthetic in the body, you have to keep that in mind. So, you know, again, I say that with love, but somebody's got to tell you the truth. Somebody's got to speak plainly, you know? You this is also coming from somebody who was on it too. So it's not like I'm just like talking out of nowhere. No, like right. I was on birth control. But if I knew then what I know now, maybe yeah. right. I would never, like <laughs> never, ever. Um, right. And then again, if you're listening to this and you have a chronic condition and perhaps you're on birth control because of that condition. So let's say endometriosis, I get it right? It does help manage it and mitigate things. So I don't want you to feel bad about that. Like it does make sense, but also look at how you're living your life and adjust your lifestyle habits to support that. So that one day, if you want to get off of uh, hormonal birth control for endo, you can, and you'll feel good in your body as opposed to like disempowered, because that's the last thing we want you to feel in the first place.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, that was so so good. And I've seen some products being marketed for detox after being on birth control. What are your thoughts around that? Like, do we need products after stopping birth control, or is it just back to what you said—the the nutrition and just the lifestyle habits? Uh oh. <laughs>
1: I'm not trying to be problematic, but like these questions, <laughs> I'm so
0: sorry. I say see, you
1: know, no, somebody's <laughs> got to tell the truth though. Right. So I'm going to say this with love. The only thing you need post hormonal birth control is a prenatal and a probiotic, these detox teas, these Yanni steaming, all of this extra stuff. If you want to do it by all means, go, you go Glen Cocoa. Uh, what I recommend and what I do personally, what I've done in the past, what I teach my clients, what I teach my students a prenatal and a probiotic. Because again, we're supporting our liver in its natural process of detoxifying. You don't need a skinny tea. You don't need a, a juice cleanse. If you want all of that, go for it. I'm not mad at you like you got, you got bread. like go do that. Right. But also if you take control and charge of your health and your fertility and utilize simple things like eating the right way, like following an alkaline diet for a little bit. Yeah. You can buy, I just bought Dr. Sebi's like book on like alkaline eating and stuff like that. And the reason I purchased it is because I wanted to know more about it. You don't have to do that though. If you want to, you can literally get the prenatal and the probiotic, do that for however long you feel like you want to do it. I normally tell my clients, depending on how long they're on birth control, six to eight weeks. Sometimes it can be six to eight months. It just depends. The longer you've been on birth control, the longer I'm going to tell you be on that probiotic and that prenatal basically, Mm -hmm. um, but if you were only on it for like a year or two, you could maybe get away with like six to eight weeks, or maybe six months, six to eight months. You know, it really just depends. But again, and, and let me just say this, <laughs> if somebody is telling you, you have to do something to detoxify, let me be the first one to say, stop listening to that person. Yeah. Yeah. We want to aid the process of detoxifying because it happens naturally. So we want to support yep. what's already doing. Yep. But if somebody's like, oh, this is going to detox your body, you are being detoxed every time you poop, every time you sweat, every time you get a breakout, that is your body detoxifying itself. Contrary to popular belief and what you know, the magazines, my Sarah, Instagram, or TikTok. I'm hanging out on TikTok now and it's like, wow, <laughs> lots of detox to you. Yeah. I'm like, mm. yeah. <laughs> but like things like even like sea moss, for instance, right. It's a really popular thing and it does aid that process of detoxifying. However, a lot of people are say, told, oh, this is going to detox your body. No, it's going to aid the detoxing that is already happening. So just kind of keep that in mind. It's not what you say, the way you say it. And like, again, as long as you have your prenatal and your probiotic, when you're on birth control and transitioning off, I feel like you're golden personally.
0: Um,
1: But I mean, if you don't like my opinion, that's fine too. And that's okay. And that's okay.
0: But I, I appreciate what you're saying. You mentioned CMOS. Can I tell you, I don't know who is the PR person for CMOS, but they deserve a raise because it went from, I never heard of it to everybody's pushing CMOS now. And I'm just like, huh? When, Why?
1: So CMOS is full of minerals, if I'm not mistaken, it has like 92 of the 102 that you actually need. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, and again, when it comes to needing minerals, so one thing I've noticed is everybody's pushing minerals, but they don't know why they need minerals. So let's talk about it, right? Let's Mm -hmm. go back to that cortisol. Let's go Mm -hmm. back to that specifically, right? Because we live in this constant state of- Fight or flight, unfortunately, especially of women of women of color. All people are carrying, you know, a lot of generational like trauma. Like we all know about epigenetics, yeah. but I feel like the weight of the world, like literally, feels like it lives on a black woman's shoulder. I don't yeah. know why, yeah. but you know, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We. Of all people, need those minerals, right? Because yeah. we have like this this incredible ability to power through, to be strong, to like hold people up when we're at our weakest. Yep. But guess what? That's doing to us hormonally. Yep, it's giving us this imbalance. And you know, I don't say that as like a I don't say that to just be like, oh, we're like superior or anything. It's just like, no, Mm -hmm. like we literally have the weight of communities on our shoulders. We represent all black people, even when we're not trying to, we're like, I'm just existing. But when they see us, oh, you're a woman of color. Oh, you're a black woman. So then it's like, well, let me step into the power of what it means to be a black woman. Even if I want to cry, like I've had so many moments where I'm like, I feel so like, unfulfilled or sad or something. Right. Yeah. But the moment someone sees me, they're like, oh, you're a woman of color. And I'm like, that I am. Right. Like, Here we go. Right. And we give that energy. So many of us give that, but that's also why we need those minerals. We need to replenish our levels so that we can regulate so that we can lose weight. A lot of people don't realize how minerals aid in the process of metabolic health and how our thyroid is functioning. A lot of people, especially black women have underactive thyroids. So we have more weight. Some people have hyperactive ones, but a lot of black women, we have underactive ones. Well, if we're getting enough minerals we get enough sea moss, you know, and I'm (laughs) not, I'm really not like obsessed with CMOS. I just think it's really good and know the purpose of it. We can actually begin to re-regulate our bodies. We can calm our nervous system, get out of the sympathetic and into the parasympathetic and feel really, really good. But again- most people on TikTok who are sharing CMOS don't know the, the role of minerals. So if we want to regulate your mood, you want to stabilize the blood sugar levels. If you want to um, maybe combat uh, any type of disorder, really minerals is going to be essential in that process. This is not to replace any medication you are already on friends. Just so right. Right. Disclaimer. <laughs> Again,
0: we're supporting our bodies in natural ways. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really happy that you mentioned um the the stress that we have, especially as Black women, because yes, we all <clears throat> we have the the weight of the world on our shoulders and it's our natural inclination to nurture others. And I think one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because I realized that we have a hard time caring for ourselves. And we think self-care is just you know the manis, the petties, spa days, you know, once in a blue moon a vacation, but self-care is what you're talking about. You know, real self-care is consistently caring for what we put into our bodies um, to help mitigate some of the stressors that we have in this world, you know, that cause the spikes in the cortisol and whatnot. So I'm really, really happy that you brought that up. My um, my little soapbox that I stand on is that we need consistent, real self-care, and this is an example of it. So thank you.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. You know, this is something that I'm going to expose myself. <laughs> You're going to laugh. So, <laughs> I have traditional training in traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine. And a few days ago, I posted something on TikTok and a lady responded and said, African traditional medicine can help. And I said, I, I 100% agree. I went to bed. The next day, I woke up and I was like, I have never once heard of African traditional medicine. I don't know anything about African herbs. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Like, I felt (laughs) so ridiculous because there's just so much I don't know about our ancestry, our culture. Mm -hmm. But one thing I know is, like, you know, the level of respect for our women in our ancestry. I don't know a lot. And I'm, listen, I'm the first one who I met. Like, I'm (laughs) suburban. I'm Mm -hmm. very, very suburban. And I know (laughs) this, but I'm also very aware. And I was just like, wow. There is so much weight that sits on our shoulders. That's why it is so important for us to practice something as simple as cycle thinking. And you don't have to go all into it the way that I do. I don't expect that to fit everyone's life. But what you can do is nourish your body properly. What you can do is regulate that nervous system. Taking that moment to say, before before I go in. right. Let me take a before, breath. before I react to anybody, before I have to be a mom or a wife or a sister or whatever it is, right? Before I have to do for everybody else, what do I need? How can I protect my peace? How can I prioritize my energy? Okay. And then how can I be present? And then from there, move into everything else. Those are like, when I'm like, just ready to go To another level, right? Whether I'm going off on somebody, something just, you know, you know, I'm still a little spicy. Okay. (laughs) I'm not always aligned and centered. Okay. But when I want to go to that next level, those are three things I really focus on and prioritize protecting my peace, prioritizing my energy, and like really being present. Because when I focus on that for me and know what I need, I can then serve everybody else at this other capacity. Like I can be Superwoman and I don't feel depleted at the end of the day. Yes. Listen, I don't have to be Superwoman to too many people. Right, only the people I'm on only people online. I feel like you know when there's world events happening, right? Yeah. I can go in and speak, right? Mm-hmm. But I have to step back and then step forward. And again, cycle syncing is a simple way to do this without having to be overwhelmed, right? And the end of the day, healthy is simple just everybody else told us it wasn't oh no oh
0: Ooh, I like mm-hmm. that healthy is simple that's that's just like that's profound because it, it really is simple but we make it so complicated and I think about myself um the way that I'm like okay well I'm gonna you know eat better and I'm gonna do better and I just go off on the deep end and it's not sustainable and I try to do all these complicated things and yes, healthy is simple. You just read me. Okay.
1: (laughs) My first blog was called, actually my second blog was called healthy meets simple because I felt like it was so complicated to be healthy. I felt like I needed every superfood under the sun and I had to do like, um, what they tell us wellness is not Mm -hmm. what I know wellness to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I found out that it could be really simple, Mm -hmm. I just started teaching people that, right? When they say eat the rainbow, I used to think like, oh, like I I need all the fruits and vegetables. But then I learned about like chakras and kind of understanding the chakra points along your vagus nerve and how those actually represent the rainbow. And so why I'm eating red foods, yeah, this can help with heart health or yeah, this can help regulate. But it's really to keep that root chakra in a balanced state. It's really about like, power and stability and safety and security. And like, again, this is like years of me researching and learning and, you know, all of that. But as he like, now for me, eating the rainbow is so much different than just eat the rainbow. Nah, this is healing. This is nourishing. This is actually keeping me open. Eating green foods is opening up my heart space because sometimes I want to close it, you know, eating my yellow foods or my orange foods. That's healing my sacral and my solar plexus chakras. My throat chakra is overactive and I'm, I'm (laughs) attributing that to blueberries and blue spirulina, you know, (laughs) like all of these things where, you know, most people wouldn't think about it like that, but like we have this advantage, right? Because we can lean into deeper than just our menstrual cycle. Let's go back to our ancestry. Let's go back to our heritage. A lot of people think chakras started with like Hinduism and the Vedas and all of these things. Nah, chakras actually were in African cultures prior to them being called chakras. Mm. We just had a different name for it. I'm still yeah. learning about af- traditional African cultures because there's so many of them. Right. but I was like, wow, these same energy points are talked about in our literature as well as in, you know, more of the Hinduism in Ayurvedic as well as in traditional Chinese medicine. All of these cultures talk about the importance of understanding the meridians in the body and our vagus mm-hmm. nerve. You mm-hmm. know, there's just so much we don't know. Because I don't like saying that they took it from us, but it's like, we just didn't know. I'm not going to say anybody took anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't to get that power, for, you know?
0: So, so true and so, so good. Um, Yeah. And at what I, will I always say that I'm so happy that a lot of us are, I say, returning home and returning to what we know intuitively. You know, a lot of us are now trying to figure out you know, how do I become well? So let me start by learning, you know, different things like the Ayurvedic medicine and the traditional ways of eating and doing things. And I, I'm just so happy to see that shift in our culture. Um, it, I think it's it's beautiful. I, it's like the past few years, there's been like a, an awakening, like a subtle, but like collective awakening. And we're all in different ways, using different avenues to figure out how to be our best selves and to going back to a simpler way of, of living and everything. So I love that.
1: I feel like that collective shift. I always say it's it's got something to do with the sun, moon, and stars. I'm I don't know all about what happens with up there, but it's above so <laughs> low, I don't know all the things, but I do believe that there has been this shift in collective consciousness, and I like it. Um, Sometimes it's hard, you know, we all got to muddle through it together because some people process differently. But I think this, I feel like this shift back to really natural ways of being. And like, sometimes I'll be talking to my friends and say like, oh, back to Eden, right? Like back to the simpler ways of doing things and experiencing things the way they should have been. I mean, like for me, I want to know where my food is coming from. If you're making it in a factory, I do not want it. I promise right. you it doesn't taste right. <laughs> right. It's not right. for me. You know? And I would agree. I definitely agree. Like the the shift is just very pleasant and pleasing, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been so good. And before I let you go. I have two questions for you. The first question is if there is a book and it could be nonfiction fiction and about anything at all that you'd recommend, what would it be?
1: Oh my gosh. It's called Mastery of Self by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. So since this podcast is about being well, sis, okay. Yes. (laughs) This, I think this book is, it's for the soul. It's for the spirit. If you if you are one of those people who feels awakened and shifting and like you can conceptualize things outside of yourself, this book is for you. If you're like somebody who can't do that yet, you're going to hate this book. Okay. (laughs) You really are. Like if you can't see outside of yourself, if you can't see beyond certain situations and circumstances, maybe don't read this book. But if you like know that deeper level mastery of self is just i've read that book like 15 times i freaking every time i get something new and i'm like somebody who highlights stuff mm-hmm. phenomenal
0: okay. okay so i will have that in the show notes as well as where to find barion barion sorry um okay. on instagram her um her website all that good stuff and then the last question is in the past like 24 to 48 hours because life is hard What's something that's brought you some joy?
1: TikTok. And here's why. Somebody left the most incredible TikTok comment for me. And she said, I love seeing Black women, Black women. Mm-hmm. And she she encouraged me to keep educating. But that statement for me was like this, this because I didn't really have, my community on Instagram is predominantly white women. My community on TikTok is predominantly black women. And so to hear a black woman say, I love black women, black women. And I was like, yes, sis. Yes. Like, it made me so freaking happy because it's like, we are so amazing. You know, yes. and I think for me personally, I was conditioned to believe that I had to work harder and like I couldn't yep. celebrate those things and mm-hmm. appreciate my blackness. And so yep. that one comment, like, and it literally happened maybe two or three hours ago. So
0: I love it. I love yeah. it. What's your TikTok handle so we can follow along?
1: It's at Barry on Elberry. So it's the same as my Instagram handle. When I tell you, okay. like, TikTok is listen, if you're trying to make an impact in this world, or build the community go to TikTok it can happen like that you just oh. got to find your sweet spot i mean i had 180 followers in january and now i'm at like 6000 followers
0: wow okay okay
1: i haven't posted on instagram in months it feels
0: like i you know what not fun anymore is what i'm finding like i'm not having fun on, on instagram as you are
1: you can show up as you are on TikTok. Like I will literally be looking dusty. I feel <laughs> like I look tired. Mm-hmm. I can do one of those little trend, trending sounds and talk over it or just anything, you know, because on TikTok, I'm experimenting. I'm not utilizing it to be a professional. I'm utilizing it to build a community. Yeah. And I'm also finding so many incredible people I didn't know existed. I was right. like, where you been at? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so like i would encourage people to even if you're like oh, i don't do social media go on tiktok to to laugh to smile yeah. to have a little bit of joy but don't stay on it too long because you might even fall on one of those traps
0: and yeah 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 i've been guilty <laughs> of that i've been guilty <laughs> but thank you thank you thank you so much this has been such a good conversation and Um, I was telling you before behind the scenes that I've been following you for a while. So I'm so excited to talk to you. You exceeded expectation because I was scared that I would like talk to you and the person that you are online is not who you are. And I'm just so happy that you're you. So thank you.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. And it's an honor and I'm grateful. I'm the same person online that I am like, you know, during this interview, Uh, I try to be that like,
0: this is me. (laughs) Hello. Well, thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate all the knowledge that you give us and this making us more comfortable asking questions about our bodies and understanding our bodies. So we appreciate your work. Again, I will have all of um, her information down in the show notes. It'll be an easy click away. So go, go follow, go support, go get your consultations with her if her calendar is, is open, <laughs> um, but all that good stuff. Her website is a wealth of information as well. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning into the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything you heard on the show, please visit www.thebewellsys.com. I'm looking forward to chatting again soon, but in the meantime, be well, sis.